The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox is here, as well as Jay Llewellyn from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Good morning, gentlemen. Good to see you all. Good morning, Scott. Morning, Jay. Good so morning, I, I guess morning, one Scott. of the good things here is that tax time is now officially behind us. It is May first. I actually April thirtieth is the so-called deadline, but you could get you can mail them in as of May the first. Hopefully, everybody did and avoided if you owed money a five percent penalty. Um, so if you have not yet, um, get it in quickly because there's a one percent per month penalty after that and interest. So, uh, but I'm sure all our listeners are well on that and did not have to pay anything. So can you tell me, Don, when I can expect my refund uh, refund back then? Uh, any time now? When, when is that going to arrive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good delayed. question. It might be delayed a little bit. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I, at the same About the same time you'll get your passport, Scott. So. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Oh, so, and and yes, it's kind of interesting. We, we've come across a couple of things that have passed, well, one being taxes, we just stated. The other was it's kind of like, I don't know about you guys, but pandemic is old news now. It's over. And certainly it was a time. It was a, it was a trying time. We had people that, uh, you know, um, you know, had to cohabitate a lot closer than they probably were previous to the pandemic. And that kind of worked in two things that either made people a lot closer and they got through a lot of issues and, and they are even better off uh, marriage wise or the opposite. And it seems to be that end part where we're seeing a little bit more of an uptick on that side of things jay and and jay i thought i'd throw this over to you uh, being the resident expert on this subject (laughs) (laughs) thanks thanks don for throwing me under the bus on that one i appreciate it um anytime yeah so as far as divorce yeah it's definitely during the pandemic it was it it definitely heightened either you either strengthened your relationship or pushed each other further apart and then once once the dust settled and we were able to get back to family court and things like that um we were seeing divorce divorce rates rise again uh back to uh you know that that level where where they were pre-pandemic so yeah lots of things from a financial perspective that we need to consider don and i aren't lawyers by any means and and we can give you advice on on financial matters in terms of in terms of uh, a divorce but definitely we are we're not not lawyers we're just giving advice from a financial perspective so yeah a couple things um most people think they have to hire a lawyer right away and that's that's not necessarily the best thing they often ask for a retainer anywhere from five to ten thousand dollars so that's a a capital outlay that you don't want to do especially during some uh unsettling times in the household so making uh making financial decisions during this time um can really be costly. So don't don't necessarily run out and get a lawyer right away. You can you can go through mediation, which is significantly less expensive. Um, a lawyer can run anywhere from three to five hundred dollars an hour, and that's for each couple. So a couple goes in to see a lawyer. If you're going to see a lawyer, each each person in that relationship needs to get separate counsel. Whereas mediation, you're able to do it as a as a joint unit and, and split that cost. So instead of three hundred to five hundred dollars an hour for a lawyer, um, it's somewhere between one hundred and fifty or two hundred and fifty dollars an hour for a mediator, and that's that's a split cost. So, so but a quarter of the cost, if you combine the two costs together, so that's drastically different. Also a lawyer, I'm going through that lawyer process. Um, 
every conversation, every every minute that you talk with that lawyer, every preparation that that lawyer has to go through, um, you're being charged for that as well. So any small talk that you have with the lawyer, you want to get that out of the way and get right down to business when you're talking to a lawyer, because uh, time is money with the lawyer. Uh, going to court or trial, uh, also costly. You have to have a game plan when you're going into divorce. You can't be thinking that you're going to court. You can't be thinking that you're going to trial. You want to settle this outside of court. You want to settle settle this outside of a trial. That's the whole purpose of getting legal counsel. Um, you don't want to be uh, avoid avoid court at all costs because now you've got court costs on top of those le legal costs. Don, you had a comment? Yeah, you know, and it's kind of funny. He said, you know, you want to get right down to business. I find there's a lot of talk, almost like they're a therapist. And they want to go over and rehash everything. And it ends up being an extremely expensive therapist. You know, use a therapist as a separate entity. Use a lawyer for what they do. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. A perfect segue into my next one. So coming to emotions. Um, your emotions get the best of you sometimes. And and making some vindictive moves to can only crush your finances. Um, trying to get after one another or do something to get back at one another. Using, using vindictive moves can often cost you a lot more money than and then than just getting back at someone uh yeah you might be angry you might be resentful or betrayed um, and feel that justice will be given if you you win that extra dollar or something like that we had one client of ours um they had a, about a hundred thousand dollars in or sorry a hundred thousand points air miles points or aeroplan points one or the other can't remember what it was so it equates to about a thousand dollars and they were fighting over this air miles or over this aeroplane their aeroplane points who is getting the points they couldn't divide it i guess aeroplane can't could at the time couldn't split it so they were fighting over it and they went to court fighting over there's other things but this is one of the things they were fighting over costing them thousands of dollars probably just to fight over a thousand dollar you know put your line in the sand and so anyway it's very silly that some of these things you can get really crazy over over some minuscule things that can cost you thousands and you, you don't see the forest through the trees on some of these things and the uh, real so winner again, yeah. the real winner of this is neither of you yeah uh, the, the lawyer gets paid either way yeah no for sure and you know what emotionally it just it's draining right fighting yes. over something like this it's 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 be, the 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 financial part is one thing but mentally it's draining um have a game plan financially so organize all your documents before you go see a mediator or before you go see a lawyer have all your ducks in a row get everything out on the table if you're not amicable and you can't discuss this together that's fine but each should provide each other with all the financial resources that are available so all your financial statements in terms of assets, all your debts, everything that you have, pensions, um, everything that you have, put it all out on the table, what your incomes are, what your T4s are, uh, your we just talked about income tax, put your income tax returns, bring everything to that meeting. The more prepared you are, the less time you're going to use of that professionals and the more, more cost savings that's going to give to you. Um, last one here in terms of mistakes that happen, a lot of people think that they can hide money from from their spouse um you know huh. what i what we what we recommend is that you you dry a line, line in the sand and set a date um of that separation and if that date is today um from that that day forward you can do whatever you want with the money um but as as that date when you say that you're separating whatever happened in the past of the past whatever happens in the future is up to you so you manage your own finances going forward yeah there may be household expenses but when you set that date 
there's something called net family assets. And as of that date, that's when it's determined. So if someone wants to rack up credit cards after they set that date, that's their own responsibility. Or if someone wants to go on trips and spend all kinds of money um, as a emotional therapy, if you, if you call it that, um, it's questionable behavior and it's just going to hurt their own personal finances. It doesn't hurt the, the other person's finances once you set that date as that separation date. So it's not divorce date it's an actual separation date um yeah so if you if you get caught hiding uh, anything from a, a spouse it can cost you uh, the legal fees so you could end up paying for your your spouse's or your, your partner's legal fees if you get caught doing something like that so strongly recommended do not try and hide fi finances from from your spouse um it's, it's not something that's it's going to work in your favor generally that, ba generally backfires i was going to say that's that's almost a true fire backfire if you yeah, will <laughs> yeah 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 everything's everything is going to come out in the wash um everything has to be disclosed income taxes are are are, are provided so you're going to find out exactly what's going on and and you know case in point i just recently talked to a client and they had been going through a divorce for a good long time and what's happened is the pandemic kind of delayed things because there was no court dates anymore mm -hmm. and yeah. so finally that got settled last week but yeah, again, they uncovered so much. They had to get an auditor and go through everything. And there was some hiding going on, per se. Well, you can tell the judge isn't going to take too too kindly to that. Yeah. Yeah, it works works against you in most cases for sure. So yeah, so that's kind of the uh, the mistakes, some of the uh, high level mistakes that happens from a financial planning perspective. Um, just want to go through a couple things from a tax lens. So when you're when you're looking at separating the assets and and you know you have a bunch of assets rsps investment stocks uh gic's bank accounts uh, the matrimonial home for an example so you want to make sure that uh, when you when you purchase or, or buy out that matrimonial home you're not buying it out it's a it's an asset transfer if you buy it out you actually end up paying land transfer tax so you want to use that as part of the net estate or sorry the net family assets and transfer that asset as opposed to buying out your partner um if you can avoid it you know uh, on a a million dollar home land transfer tax is close to $16,500. So you want to avoid that cost. So that's one of those hidden costs that you're not aware of um, if you end up buying out your partner. So you definitely want to avoid that. There's something called uh, Regulation 696. Not that we need to get in the weeds too much, but that's something you need to be aware of. Uh, child support. So child support is not taxed, uh, also not tax deductible. So when you're figuring out what payments are going where, you want to make sure that you're aware that if you're getting child support, that's not taxed and if you're paying child support that's not tax deductible the opposite is is the case for spousal support so periodic monthly payments in a, in a spousal support um, those are taxed um, to the to the recipient and they're also a tax deduction to to the uh, to the person paying those so yeah to be clear you want to make sure that if if you're aware that you're going to be paying or receiving this this amount is it pushing you into a higher tax bracket or a marginal tax bracket so for example if you're you're making $45,000 a year income, and then you receive $3,000 a month, at the $45,000 income, you're at a 20% marginal tax bracket. If you start receiving an additional $3,000 a month from a spousal support, now you're in a 31% marginal tax bracket. So big jump, 
um, in tax brackets. So now you you think you're receiving that three thousand dollars. You're going to be taxed more on some of that money. So be aware of that. And the same goes for the payer. You know, if you're making I don't know one hundred and five thousand dollars a year. Um, you're in a 43% marginal tax bracket. Uh, if you pay the same $3,000 a month to, to your ex-spouse um, in spousal support, that marginal tax bracket now uh, brings you down to a 30% tax bracket. So that works in your favor. So it works both ways. Um, you just got to be mindful of, of that. Um, and then the lump sum payments. Um, so you can give spousal support in a lump sum payment. So if you want to extrapolate it out and say, okay, this is how much I would be paying you over the course of the next 10, 15, 20, 25 years, you can, uh, you can make an adjustment and have a lump sum pay, paid out to, to your ex-spouse. Now this, according to most, um, most tax laws, that is not tax deductible and it's not taxable so you want to make sure that that's written into an agreement if you're if you've got a proper separation agreement um, this can be taxable or it can be attributed to be taxable so you you can make an adjustment for uh, that to be taxable but in most cases if it's not written into the contract it's not a taxable event and it's not a tax deduction either so um, again some people look at it as favorable if you get that tax uh, that money as taxed. Um, others look at it as it's a benefit because they, they get to write it off. So, you know, ironically, divorce is one of those few moments in life where our finances become uh, front and central cent central in, in part of our mind. And we, we don't necessarily look at all our finances with a fine tooth comb. Don and I do it every day when we go through our client meetings, but a lot of people don't look at their finances. And it's funny that divorce makes people do that. So uh, if you're not familiar with your, your finances and not familiar with your money, this is this conversation, even if you're not getting divorced, is a good time to review your finances and just see where you're at. Um, sit down with one of us and make sure that you've, you've got all your ducks in a row. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Going to take a quick break here. We're coming back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. You know, during the pandemic, Don, I heard the phrase toolkit a lot. Now you're talking about a Canadian government financial toolkit. Yes. You know, it's kind of interesting. We always talk about financial literacy and we have to do more for our kids. And, and, and it always seems like there's nothing available for us to really lean on to help out our, our kids or students or even ourselves for that matter. And so, you know, I, I start digging a little bit and voila, it's sitting right there on the website. If anybody were to Google your financial toolkit, Canada, up will come your financial toolkit. Literally. And it's actually, I got to say, it's really quite immersive. It's well done, very detailed. And you know what? Forget about reading whatever your bedtime story to your kids now. You can go through this over the next probably year <laughs> and go with your kids and read them a good bedtime story on different modules. <laughs> 
<laughs> and well, let, and and let's not forget the whole idea of the bedtime story is to put them asleep, dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this might just do it. Um, there's 12 modules on this, and they are fairly, actually very in depth. And so the first module is income, expenses, and budgeting. Second one is banking. Third one is savings, tips and tools on how to save money. The fourth one is credit and debt management. So anybody that is in so-called having a tough time getting rid of debts, again, great module. Fourth, fifth one is mortgages, the cost of buying a home, types of mortgage, tips for negotiating. Sixth one is insurance. Okay, what types of insurance, how it works, how to get covered. Investing is seven. Um, different types of investments, investment advisors and selling investment and setting investment goals. And, uh, you know, I got to be quite frank, they they highly recommend seeking a financial advisor because this is nothing that is that easy for us to do. And not to mention, it didn't say this, but the average person has double the net worth when they work with a financial advisor or a financial planner, particularly a CFP. Uh Module eight, income taxes and contributions. We just finished income tax season. It talks about tax basics, taxable income, deductions, credits, filing your income tax. Uh, number nine, really doesn't apply too much with them. It's more about all about Quebec and they have separate laws in terms of their income tax. But over to module 10 is retirement and pensions, public and private pensions, personal savings, estimating your retirement income. And this is something Jay and I do all the time during what we call in, in our financial projections in getting all the data. And it's so important. It's right there. It talks about it in depth. You know what? The more educated everybody is, the better it is for Jay and I and our whole team. Yeah, Don, uh, one quick thing. We have a, a book that we can provide to clients as our, our listeners as well. It's called Money and Youth. And it, it might might be a little outdated, but it's still, it's practical. It's got, I think it's got 12 chapters as well, where it's like a workbook that we can provide to any of our listeners if they want uh, to call in and we can, we can mail that out to them. Yeah. Great point, Jay. Yeah. Uh, and mo module 11 uh, is financial planning in general, creating a financial plan, estate planning, how financial uh, professionals such as ourselves can help you. And again, this is right from the government website. This is not a commercial for us. This is so obviously there's a lot of value in, in seeking a, a, a third party to go over this because it's very difficult to do, to do this yourself. And finally, num, uh, module 12 is fraud protect, protection. And how timely is that right now? I just sp spoke to somebody last week. They had just been to a meeting about fraud protection in a seniors area. And sure enough, they get hit with, an email to help a friend to buy some gift certificates at Shoppers Drug Mart. The, the lady did go to Shoppers Drug Mart. And thankfully, the cashier said, is this for anybody you know? And she said, yeah, I got an email. It says, it's a fraud. They had wow. a lineup. They've had wow. lots of people going there. So thankfully, the cashier recognized this and saved this person uh, a couple hundred dollars of two $100 certificates she was going to purchase. So again... Mm -hmm. Lots of detail. So I wanted to get into just module one a little bit today. And and again, it, first thing, it's income, expenses, expenses, and budgeting. And, you know, it seems, you know, sometimes we, you know, Jay and I and Gary and Mitch, we kind of get into the weeds, if you will, a little too deep. And we sometimes get the odd email saying, you know what, we really need to um, get a bit more basic. Well, this one's getting right down to the the roots again. And the very first thing 
is the difference between needs and wants. What you need and what you want. And it goes through, it goes through the list of basically a need is a necessity, something required, something essential for life. A want is a desire, something you desire, something you wish for, and something not essential. And they go through different examples of this. But what I liked is they literally end up making you take a test and prioritizing things. So I took this test. It was interesting. So they use an example, bottle, bottled water. Is that a need or a want? Well, I would suggest it's a want. You know, you can certainly fill up one of these, you know, water at home and, and, not, and, say, and not to mention help the environment a bit. Rent, need or want, it's definitely a, a need. If you don't make your rent payments, you don't have a place to live in. Daycare, likely a need. Unless you have somebody else, a parent helping out, you likely require that. Transit pass, you got to get around. Okay. But then a car, is that a need or a want? Well, probably more of a want than a need for a lot of people because there is ways to get around without buying a car. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, a smartphone with a plan. Can well, you, Don, yeah. can, you mm -hmm. can you tell my, uh, my 19 year old son that? That it's a need versus a want because he <laughs> need, needs a car. <laughs> yeah, he says I need a car, and it's and okay, I want a car. That's very yeah, nice. I of want. You. I, yeah. Uh, well, I, what I, you can do is you can set her up with my daughter and make her split the ride. <laughs> now we're talking. Perfect. And that's actually a great solution. Carpooling. Carpooling. Yeah. There you go. Yes. Perfect. And, and, and it really does help. So again, it's absolutely incredible. So then they prioritize all these type of things. So again, and they came back down to even a bit more daily newspaper. Well, you can read things on your phone. You don't need a paper one anymore. Make it a, a want versus a need. A weekly lunch with a friend. Well, you know what? You can have the friend meet you at home. You can cook for him. He doesn't have to be at a restaurant. Okay. And, mm -hmm. and so depending on how you're doing that, is it worth a need or a want? You know, socializing is definitely, I would suggest it is a bit of a need, but at the same time, how you go about doing it can save a lot of money. A winter coat. Well, it depends. You have 14 other winter coats, uh, then it's just a want. If you don't want to have one and it, or you've outgrown it, then it's a need. And they can list out other. So I went through just out of curiosity and I prioritize this and what you would cost in bottled water, and smartphones with a plan and daily newspaper, et cetera, you can easily find $400 a month in savings just by this small list and saying, well, if you're thinking you never have any money at the end of the month and it calculates it for you. And in fact, it even downloads an interactive PDF so they can, you can use this on a regular basis. So it, it, it does find money and it makes you think. So then you come and take a test. How do you make your decision decisions um, spending? It's a quiz. And it's kind of interesting. It says, and, and really, at the end of the day, you find people that are in generally in debt. And they're generally people I find all their lives are usually finding ways that find debt. It's how they think of money. And the ones that never seem to be in debt are always above board and, and they're saving money. They have a different attitude on money. So they did this quick little five question quiz how much do you agree with the following statement spending makes me feel good the more i spend the better i feel okay spending relieves stress in my life well if you agree with this probably not a good thing okay um but it may be true and it gives it gives you some dopamine hit it makes it it gives you this 
spending therapy or, or retail therapy, as they call it. Um, which statement is most like you? When I see something, I, I want it and I buy it. Oh, I usually shop with a goal in mind, but I may buy something else too. And finally, I shop with a plan and resist buying things that are on impulse. And impulse buying really often gets people in trouble. And again, you'll, you'll know which one. So I'm going to click the worst one in each case just to see what the answer is. Um, which statement is most like you? I want to buy things I see advertised. I pay attention to advertising, but I try not let it, in, let it influence me. And finally, I think advertising is mostly hype and I ignore it. Well, again, how subject are you to what you read at social media, whether it's TV, radio, what have you? And how much do you agree with this statement? If people know I have a new popular, uh, uh, sorry, if people I know have a new popular item, I want to have it too. This is peer pressure. I, you know, keep up with the Joneses kind of thing. And when I, when you make a big purchase, you usually go with your gut instinct. Number one, compare prices at one or two stores or do consumer research, compare prices at two or more stores. Um, I'm a huge consumer report guy myself, but uh, I know a lot of people don't. So I took the worst case in all those, which would be number one. And it says, you tend to make impulsive decisions that are highly influenced by emotions and social pressures. When you control those impulses, you'll get more control over your finances in your life. When you're aware of the factors that affect your financial choices, you can avoid the pitfalls that lead to poor spending habits, and you'll have more money available to things you really need or want. And so, again, great little quiz. And it's one thing for people to say, I want this and I need this. And it, money is one of those subjects people just don't want to talk about. So at, this is nice. You're doing it online. Nobody's judging you because you're doing the actual test yourself. And so it, it makes it a little easier. So they go through that. Then they go over uh, paycheck as an example. And I, it's so funny when you see a student get their first paycheck, they might have all these idealisms of, I think we should do this. And I think Canada should do that. And then all of a sudden they see how much tax comes off their first paycheck. So understanding your paycheck is, is somewhat sobering because you've got all these expenses, but there's a reason for everything. Uh, employment insurance is one of them. Canada pension plan contributions is, a, is another. Perhaps you uh, have a medical plan you have to pay for, or maybe a pension fund that you're a private pension fund you're paying for. But it's nice to see what, and understand, it's not just lost money per se. Maybe the government, maybe the income tax might be a bit of that. But anyway, at least you know, and you can't spend the gross. People say, oh, I make, say, 100000 100, a year. Well, that's 8500 a month approximately. No, it isn't. It's only, say, 5500 a month after tax and after expenses. So understanding your paycheck is important. And then the next one is replacing lost income because you, you got your job and you think, okay, I'm going to be working for a while. The government does have some protection and it's Canada Pension Plan does have a disability protection for you. Um, but generally speaking, it's not enough. And you have to be, and I know Jay and I have talked about before, to qualify for Canada Pension Plan disability is also very difficult. So then you have private coverage. Well, maybe your 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 company has full coverage that way, or you have to look at your own private coverage, and you have to seek somebody like ourselves to buy a disability um, policy. Um, maybe you have lots of savings to fall back on, so you're okay. 
And this is why they say it's nice to have a few months savings somewhere. Now, the other option is maybe you have a line of credit. Now, quite often, if you're a younger person, you haven't built up any of these safeguards yet. Um, it's in terms of uh, money or line of credit. Um, borrow, that's always a good thing. But if you've lost your job or you're disabled, um, yeah, trying to borrow from friends might be difficult. And certainly even harder would be borrowing from a bank. So planning ahead is extremely important. Again, it has this rate in part of this module. Again, quite detailed. So calculating expenses. You know, I find in Jay and I, we've been doing this for many, many years. If you ask somebody what they spend, they kind of give you an idea, but I always find them underestimating. They don't put in all the fun stuff. They don't talk about how much they spend at Christmas or, or perhaps showers or weddings. Yeah, even uh, the most astute people that keep, you know, Excel spreadsheets with all their expenses. I've got engineers and uh, clients that think they've got everything accounted for. And then when Don and I go through a cash flow analysis, there's usually something they've missed. And it, it's it's usually not a, a small thing either. It's not, a, you know, it's not a $10 oh. Net, Netflix subscription. It's hundreds of dollars <laughs> usually that, that are missing. So, yeah. Absolutely. And, and so then when you get all these expenses and you got them, and again, this is part of our job is to go through these. It's nice to help us out and give us a lot of them. And I find some are better, people are better than others, but this is a little more difficult and having the categories, what do you really spend on say Tim Hortons or Starbucks on the way to work? You want to add that up. Um, if you're doing this every day, you know, say four, $2 a day times five days, you know, there, there's $10, there's $40 a month that all of a sudden, wow, yeah, I didn't realize it was that much. Or maybe it's even more than that. Um, we used to have, I used to do this projection called the cappuccino effect. And literally, if you stop buying cappuccinos, how much money would you have for retirement? And you can, it used to be smoking if you didn't smoke. But now it seems like coffee is, uh, has been replacing that expense. And then finally, you go through this, create a budget. And this budget is there's lots of ways to do it. Not fun, perhaps, but we're talking about fun. Make sure you include fun. That is an expense. Make sure you include the stuff that, because you don't want to just, uh, you know, toil, toil through life and not have fun. So the idea is, and it's not going to be keep to a budget if you don't have that in it. But there's some great software programs and some apps that will help you through this. And at the end of the day, then you start to set some goals. And one way to set goals is what they call SMART goals, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic in a time frame. So an example, I want to take a trip to New York. Well, that's specific, measurable. It's going to cost 5,000. It's achievable. Yes. Realistic. Yes. Time frame. It's going to be Christmas. It's eight months from now. It's $625 a month. I have to budget for it. So very simple. That's just an example of budgeting. But I, I if any, you know, the listeners could go to that, um, the Canadian website and just go your financial toolkit, Canada, you'll find a lot more where I, where I left off. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Going to take a quick break here. We're coming back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. 
The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. Call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Talking about relationships and money. Yeah. Boy, so how, I was how talking, well do well, they go together? Yeah. Not so well usually. It's usually the the crux in most relationships, believe it or not. So yeah, Don was talking about budgeting. I was talking about divorce in the previous segment segment. So, you know, a lot of people don't want to talk about money, but it's something that um if you can set that foundation when you start dating early, um and, and talking about money um, is something that'll help everything go over a lot easier in the long run. And we w- will avoid that divorce segment altogether. Um, so uh, now, couple- do you do that before the appetizer or after? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, wait till wait till the rest of my comments come through here. You'll have some more, some sure, Scott. Mm-hmm. Um so couples making decisions, again, for the, the moment they start dating. So what restaurants do we go to? What level of restaurants are we going to? Are we going to McDonald's? Are we going to what what restaurants are we going to? And are we impressing each other? Are we living beyond means? So obviously, in those first couple of dates, you want you want to impress someone and you might go about above and beyond your comfort zone. So set set expectations realistically. Don't go into debt to go out for debt dinner um that, that's silly again come back to what don and i were talking or don was talking about budgeting set a realistic budget if you've got so much in your budget to go out for dinner then that's what you should be spending a lot of couples you know they take trips in their in their beginning of the relationship or during their relationship again set those expectations don was talking about trips to new york or something like that make sure you budget for those types of things as a couple think about it as a couple what makes the most sense as a couple for us to go we're not going to to bali because we can't afford it but maybe we're going to Collingwood for the weekend. I don't know, but um, so you definitely have to set your expectations and set that those expectations in a relationship. If one one person's got some dreams that life should be one way and another's got another way, it's generally not going to work out. So we've got. Uh, a lot of clients that set goals together, um, they even have something called a, a financial date. And Scott, I know you're going to laugh about this, but people actually have these dates where they talk about their finances, they go through their budget, and maybe it's at the dinner table, maybe it's at a restaurant, but they go through what they've done in terms of their expenses for the month or for the year and where they can cut costs or where they can start spending more money. So it's a healthy conversation. It doesn't always have to be about cutting costs. It can also be be about where we're going to spend our money. If you get a raise at work, both of you should be on board to discuss, okay, how is that money going to be used towards our family? Is it going to be towards savings or spending or towards debt? So a lot of these conversations have to come up. We've got a lot of clients that um, when they when they first sit down with us, you can tell who's the spender and who's the saver. So usually um, if you've got two savers as clients, um, they're great clients for us. Don and I love those types of clients. <laughs> Uh, those are, they, they those may are not have as much fun like they may not be going to yeah. Bali as you said but uh, we you know yeah. they save a lot yeah so those are those are our favorite types of clients and then you've got a spender and a saver type client um, maybe one's a spender one's a saver and those generally are decent clients for us but um, who again, wins those Jay? Term- who wins yeah, up winning the in the long usually, run the spender the spender usually wins on those ones so really yeah you're you both, don't want you're to- both just toying with me here aren't you yeah, you're just yeah, toying yeah, yeah. with me here <laughs> And I'm sure every listener out there is feeling the same way. They're talking about us, honey. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> so it's 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 funny, but then you've got uh, a relationship where there's two spenders, and that's that's a ticking time bomb, right? If you've got two people spending yeah. money, Don talked about it briefly. Like there's people that are in debt, will always be in debt. Law of attraction, maybe they attract each other, but those are the types of people that you know you, you really got to get things in check and, and do that quiz that Don said, and maybe it'll uh, spike uh, or st- do some kind of revelation in your relationship, so it'll help you guys in the future or help the relationship in the future. So. So it's a definitely it can cause conflict going th- going through a relationship like that. Uh, planning for a wedding um, again, people start planning for their weddings when they're in their teens. Some people and have this dream of what their wedding is going to be like, and how, they don't realize how much it's going to cost. And, and going through that with your spouse for the first time, or the hopefully the the, the first time um, when you when you're going <laughs> and the last that, time, hopefully, yeah, and the last time. Sorry, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> um, when you when you're going through when you're going through that. Set your expectations. Again, it can cause a lot of stress. That's a big, big expense. And if you don't set those expectations at a certain level, um, one person, again, could be the spender and and having this lavish wedding and the other one could be really regretful and resentful for many years into the relationship because a cost of a wedding can can carry on and carry through debt for for many, many months or years into your relationship. Go ahead, Don. And and this doesn't... apply simply to the bride and groom this would also apply to the parents of the bride and groom to make sure they Absolutely. stay within their budget for that wedding because quite often they're paying a good portion of that mm-hmm. yeah mm. for sure donna are you gonna adopt me if i get married again <laughs> <Never>. <laughs> i hopefully have two that will be going through this already yeah. but you know oh, okay what? okay if that doesn't right. happen you never know jay <laughs> You might have to uh, consult Mitch on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Well, yeah, just so to put things in check, uh, like Don said, keep a budget, make sure that you've got everything documented. It doesn't have to be an Excel spreadsheet and and very detailed, but the more detail you can put into it, the more success you're going to have in the future of your relationship. And we don't even have to talk about that divorce segment that we talked about earlier. Maybe you should do that one at the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are planning yeah. our financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. Find out more at donfox.net. Call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Quick break here and returning for our final segment. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. All right. I remember it used to be Freedom 55. Is it Freedom 65? Really? Or is it Freedom 95 now? What is it? Well, I got free- 14 reasons why 65 is no longer the ideal retirement age. Hmm. And you know what? Who picked 65 in the first place? I actually think it was a mandatory retirement age that, and I, you know, I kind of Googled it. They gave me a few different ideas. It seemed like it started in Germany, but at the end of the day, if you, uh, shouldn't you have choice in this matter? And number one reason is if you've read, if you met your savings goals, and you're tuned to us every Saturday morning and you watch and do everything. We just talked about the budgeting and you have a pile of money and you're financially independent. You don't have to wait till 65. Do you really want to leave a lot of money to your beneficiaries? Okay. You might. 
and that may say, okay, I'll keep working. But if you're, if the goal is met, you can retire. Check done. Okay. Uh, number two though, you need economic stability and maybe you'll get to 65 and say, well, OAS and CPP is not enough and I better keep working. And so I need to feel comfortable and not wake up anxious. So maybe it's past 65. It doesn't have to be 65 on the nose. Um, number three is working longer is good for your health. No, it doesn't necessarily mean full-time. It has been shown that part-time work or full-time work, as long as you enjoy what you're doing, um, people have less diseases. They're physically better off. They're cognitively better off. And they're socially better off, which leads to a longer life. In fact, last week, there's a whole segment I heard on the radio about loneliness and the pandemic and how it's affecting it. And loneliness, they've equated it to smoking half a dozen cigarettes a day. Hmm. Okay. Well, working oh. could avoid yeah, I saw that. that. Okay. So, yes, that came out on last Tuesday. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's part of working is being social too. Uh, full retirement, you know, it's changed a lot. You know, 65 was one, but who's to say that's actually the number? We actually had retirement age was moved up to 67. Then Trudeau came in and then moved it back to 65. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? France is trying to move the the number two right now, yeah. and they're and they're having a revolt. So, yeah. people and they're going like, from they're trying to go from sixty two to sixty four, and there's protests in the streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, not popular for making people work longer to get their pension. Mm-hmm. But really, if you look back, the reason they set sixty five and you're going to get your old age security check is most people didn't hit seventy, and now people are hitting ninety or or further. So it's costing taxpayers a lot of money because there's not a fund per se for this it's taxpayers that are providing the money for it unlike canada pension plan where your employer and yourself are adding to a fund that's creating this so talking about canada pension plan you know what starting your canada pension plan early is an option you can start it as early as 60. you know if you have health issues do you really want to work to 65. it might make sense to start your canada pension plan at 60 or 61 or 62, whatever the age is, we're not big advocates of starting Canada Pension Plan early as you've listened to the show, but health would be the reason why you may want to. And therefore get some quality of life and, and live those, those days or years in while you can. Um, you know what? It, work adds value. And there's a lot of people simply just enjoy work. It's a reason to get up in the morning. So it adds value and is really, is work, you know, work can be a four-letter word, or it can be a, a three-letter word like fun. And people, if people that really enjoy it, they, they don't think about it as work. Uh, number seven is you got too much in your RSPs, okay? And you're not. And one thing is you're afraid you're going to give half of it, or actually 53% of it, away. So why not start it early? <clears throat> start it at say 60, pay out the RSPs until you're 70, or some of them. And then you start your OES and CPP at 70. You know, this, again, is all part of strategy that Jay and I go through in the whole Fox team. And number eight is travel while you're young. You know, we've we've done some plans where we tapered the the travel plans. So they're spending, you know, 20,000 a year in the first five years, then 10,000 for the next 10 years, and down to maybe 5,000 after that. So you're tapering, you're enjoying the quality of life might be better for travel in the earlier years. So maybe you want to retire earlier. Number nine is, I guess, could apply to a lot of people. I just hate this job and I want something more. Okay. And, uh, 
you know what doesn't mean you're not doing something you can volunteer i've had some very good some very happy people work at a job that they're way overqualified for say home depot or they're doing hobbies and yeah they're not doing it for the money they're doing it for enjoyment and they're and they're already financially independent you've maximized your canada pension plan already so why not just uh, start collecting it because after you've uh, paid into it for so long you might already hit your limit and by adding more you're not going to get any extra benefit on number 11 your wife is a lot younger and she wants he or she wants to keep working maybe you <laughs> this allows you to get off work early or she's retired and you want to join her or him so again having that the spouse or common law spouse is has an impact on whether you what age you want to retire and then you want to start a business and that's also a great goal. And your financial plan, this is really key. Your financial plan says you can retire and you have a certain certainty. You've done through all the stress tests and you still can retire comfortably and attain all your goals. And at the end of the day, number 14, it just feels right. Hmm. Well, I would actually say 13 and 14 should go together. Make sure you can afford it. And if it feels right, then that's the time to retire. We have been planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn have been here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Another fabulous show, gentlemen. Thanks so much and have a great week. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.